0: Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Amen. If you would grab your Bibles with me today, and look at your neighbors, I'm so glad to be in church with you. Isn't it a great feeling to be in the house of the Lord? Are all you young people... Ready to have church with Pastor this morning? Are y'all ready? Amen. There's something in the DNA of a teenager that likes to sleep in. You ever notice that? Some of it. and some of the other people in the church have never grown up. Amen. <laughs> Luke 15. Uh, Luke 15. It's a story about the prodigal. And I've been talking about house rules. And uh, yeah, Stan, that's great. Honor the word. Luke 15, 11. You know, it's interesting. We label it as the prodigal, still know. But the truth of the matter is we call him the prodigal, but the father called him his son. And uh, we can categorize people, can't we? Jesus has the tendency to remove those categorizations of negativity and, fill it, and make us belong. And, and he said a certain man had two sons. The younger the of younger them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me, and he divided unto them his living. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. I, I will tell you that to walk away from God is to waste. It's a regret. It's never an increase. It's all you know, when Jonah walked away from the presence of the Lord, the Bible says he went down, down, down. Your life goes down when you walk away from the Lord. How many know it's true? Verse 14 When he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want says, he joined himself to a citizen of that country in 16, and he would have fain, have filled his belly with the husk the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise. I do believe in a great return that there's a moment that they say, I'm going to arise and get out of this mess. Aren't you glad you can get out of the mess, and you are able to get out of the mess? Watch. Watch what he says. He said, I will arise and go to my father. I remember my father, what he told me. I've taught my children that if you ever mess up, you don't have to run from us, come to us. You don't have to avoid us, run to us. Amen. I believe it's the same way the church. If you make a mistake, don't run from the church, run to the church. Praise God. And he said, he he felt no more worthy. And uh, in verse 20, and he arose and came to his father. But. When he was yet a great way off His father he, um, His father saw him Had compassion and ran And fell on his neck and kissed him The son said unto him Father I have sinned against heaven And in thy sight And am no more worthy to be called thy son But the father said to his servants Bring forth the best robe Somebody say amen, amen. Put it on him Put a ring on his hand Shoes on his feet Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. Was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Look at your neighbor and say, they threw, they, threw they threw a party. They threw a party. Amen. I'd like to speak to you on this subject, teaching, until they come home. Until they come home. Let's just rejoice again. The spirit of praise and worship is certainly in this room today. We love you. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, you may be seated. We are preparing for the greatest harvest that there's ever been. An end time harvest is no doubt here. That what I mean is is when you look at Israel, there is a call for every Jew in the world right now to return to Jerusalem. There is a call, Jesus taught us that that when you consider the end times Jesus taught that you need to watch the fig tree in Matthew 24. Watch the fig tree. The fig tree representation is, are the Jews or Israel. And whatever they do physically, there seems to be an impact as what's going on in the kingdom of God spiritually. Meaning we are, we are the sons of, the Bible says by faith we're the sons of Abraham. How many know that even though you're Gentiles? We're the sons of Abraham because of our faith. And what you see the descendants of Abraham doing, which are the Hebrew people, the Jewish people, nation of Israel, you'll find that that happens also in the kingdom. And right now, there's a great return to the Holy Land. Jews are moving all over the world. They're returning to Jerusalem, and there's a call for that. There really is. By the tens of thousands, maybe even millions, starting to return. Matter of fact, the president of Iran said, go ahead and let all of them come to Jerusalem because we'll bomb them all and kill them all at the same time. And uh, because there's an enemy of the Jews. What I do want to say to you is that there is a great return that causes people to begin to gather back to the house of God. And uh, I remember what, when we feel a prophetic word come, we want it to happen in the next week. But sometimes it happens over a period of years. Uh, the prophet George Guy spoke to me when we used to sit on the platform this side, and he he was preaching, and he turned and he said, "I want you to write a letter to every backslider, and tell them I'm sorry you were offended at church, or I'm sorry that you were neglected, I'm sorry that you went away, or you were done wrong, because church people or church people are people. How many know that? Sometimes things can go wrong. I, I can I've been wrong many times. Didn't intend to be, but it was wrong and. And sometimes that you look at the sheep that just wandered away and nobody went after it. Or the coin that I taught about last week that was lost in midst of, 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 of the house getting cluttered, busy, just, just unfocused and lost valuable things. And, and uh, then you, I taught you last week and talking about tonight, you can't chase a rebellious son. Sometimes people just make choices to go and that's what the prodigal did. He had, it was a good atmosphere. Father's house was great. There was a love, everything was there. He just wanted to see the world and, and try new things and he made a choice and, and, and found out the world wasn't what he thought it might be. How many know that? How many were that, that you went out and tried that but it wasn't what you thought it might be? And end up you spent all and found yourself empty and. And, and desiring things, the hus that the swine did. You, you, you drank things you never thought you'd drink. You went places you never thought you'd go. You did things you never thought you'd do. And that is the repercussions of walking away from God. Sheep wander. They just get busy. Coins are lost because the housekeeper isn't doing their job. Rebellious sons, rebellious children, people that walk away, amen, they go because of a choice they make. But in every single case, whether it was a wandering sheep, a lost coin, or rebellious son, they all came home. Oh, I wish somebody would respond better than that. I said they all came home. And in every case, when they came home, the sheep on the shepherd's shoulder, the coin in the hand of the housekeeper, and the son that was broken, ripped and shredded clothes, dirty and smelly with the stench of a low-grade life in the pig pen. When they came home, there was a party that was thrown and said, rejoice with me. They're at home, I found the sheep, I found the coin. Oh, and my son's not dead. Could I tell you, we need to learn to have a party when a lost sinner comes home. We need to be festive. Oh, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, Don't be ho hum. Don't be Scrooge. Don't be mediocre. I know it's uncomfortable for some, but every now and then you need to get a whoa in your spirit. Yes. That's exciting. Come on. That's exciting. <laughs> da dum, da dum, dum. Oh, I'm so excited, Pastor Bounds. I just don't know what I'm gonna do. There should be some exuberance every now and then because there was expectation. There was concern when your favorite team scores and wins the championship. Oh, no, 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 I I know you Ohio Buckeye people. That's not how you respond. There's gotta be something inside of you that says, I'm so excited. I'm gonna tell you what I've learned over the years in studying scripture that you'll look and the Jewish people were very festive. They threw parties for a week. They celebrated, they come from everywhere. When they would pay their tithes and they would get the harvest and sell uh, and get their 10% when they would take their family on the pilgrimage and return their tithe to the Lord, when they would come to the door of the tabernacle or the temple, they would would throw a party there and they would say, look what the Lord has done. And they would feed their family, their guests and their friends and say, God has blessed me with increase. And they would throw a party and eat because that's what believers do. They don't think you can throw a party without good food. Am I right? Well, you watch Pentecostal people. Soon as they have a great service, after service, they say, let's go eat. Let's go, oh, I'm just, I don't know. There's, you know, it's something about it. But we cannot get to the place to where we're not festive. We're not celebratory on the things that God has done. If we want to mirror heaven, heaven, the Bible says, all of heaven rejoices over one sinner that repents. When we say somebody repented, there ought to be this response. When we say, hey, we just baptized another one in the name of Jesus, there ought to be an exuberance response. Because, hey man, look what the Lord has done. Rejoice. Now, come here, Come here, honey. Come here, honey. Every now and then you'll look over. But we'll get our hands and we'll just start rejoicing. Skip with me. Woo! She said, but I'm in high heels. It's a rejoicing. The Bible says dance before the Lord, leap for joy. My good friend Matthew Tuttle preaches, he said the reason you're weary is because you're not running. Because you shall run and not be weary. There's gotta come a celebratory thing in this church that when something good happens, we don't just say, oh, you know. Oh, no, 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 no. We're gonna throw a party about it. Over in Middle East, when somebody, thank you, honey. Over in Middle East, when somebody gets married, they have a honeymoon for three weeks. And everybody goes. The Prime Minister of the Son of Nepal, I was teaching him a Bible study, and he liked me a lot, and, and I, he, he began to repent. and started seeing, started coming to church. His, his dad had been the prime minister of the country of Nepal for 10 years. His name was Benal Chand. And uh, I, I was that close to baptizing him when something happened, he had to get shipped back. And he, he told me, he said, he said, you convert me, you convert a nation, that's what he told me. He said, I'm not a big deal here, I am a big deal over there. But he, he wanted me to go on this honeymoon. He said, I'd like you to go on the honeymoon with me. I'm like. That's a first. I ain't never had anybody ask me to go on their honeymoon. Because culturally, culturally, you know, that, that's, honeymoon's just for the, the husband and wife. That's our culture, that's not their culture. When somebody gets married, it's a week of festivities. And they take a huge party and they celebrate the union of each other. Um, America know how to, knows how to celebrate some things. But when it comes a big deal, it ought to be a big deal. And if there's one thing I can teach you is you need to raise your level of expectation of what God is doing and God is going to do. Make it a big deal. I'm going to preach to the heart of something here. We make a big deal out of things that go wrong. I'll cry with you for a week. I'll, I'll listen to all of your drama and everything going wrong and grieve with you for a month. And I believe we need to weep with them that weep. But our involvement can't just be tears of sorrow and brokenness and and all of that. People can drag things on and on and on in this city, even in our country. But I'm gonna tell you, if you can drag on brokenness, you ought to be able to drag on rejoicing. I'm gonna preach to this city right now. There's gotta get something in you say, it is good. You know what I've learned? You will attract what you expect. And if you expect chaos, if you expect failure, you're gonna live in failure. But if you will start expecting the goodness of God, the successes of God, the blessings of God, it's on the way, it's on the way. God wants to bless me. I want you to shout, "I I am blessed. Look at your neighbor and say, we are a blessed people. Amen. When your neighbor gets blessed, you say, I'm so blessed that you're blessed. Look at your neighbor and say, I, I get blessed when you get blessed. You're looking, look at your neighbor and say, you're looking good. <laughs> I'm glad you're looking good. I've always felt there's a difference between poverty and poor. Difference is a mindset. A person that has a poverty mindset gets upset when you get blessed because they, when you get blessed they see what they didn't get instead of rejoicing that you did get and if you will ever learn to rejoice with them that are blessed you'll start attracting blessing oh let me get back to the story and so he makes a wrong turn he makes a wrong decision as a matter of fact he knows better He was given a portion. A few days later, it's my ticket out of here. There were probably at the Father's house's do's and don'ts. You can't go here, you can't do that, you shouldn't wear this, shouldn't act that way. Don't let these words come out of your mouth. Don't hang out with them. Don't leave the walls here. I'm sure there were limitations because in every kingdom there are limitations. In every garden of Eden, there's a don't touch, don't touch the tree. For whatever reason, The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life—you want to have what you're not supposed to have, because it's curious what will happen. And Satan shows up to tell you, "Oh, the Lord's just keeping you from something. Your mom and daddy's keeping you from having fun. That's why you can't go there, hang out here, watch that, have that on, have this device. Because what? What are they? They they don't want me to have fun. They're, They're 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 old. They were born in the last millennium." Limitations, and he he somehow thinks there's something better out there. And what's amazing is what what came a choice took him a long ways away. He's there; it seems fun. He had friends until he run out. I'm gonna tell you right now: you have joy in the church, peace in the church, completeness in the church, fulfillment in the church. But when you walk out, it's gonna run out. Won't be long; you won't have any peace, any joy. You can have a lot of money and no joy. You can have a lot of friends and feel lonely. How many know it's true? Yeah, you can sleep and not rest. Sleep 12 hours and still be tired. Sleep 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, every day of the week and always exhausted. You know why? Because your body's sleeping but your spirit's not resting. And there's a difference between sleep and rest. You can medicate yourself to sleep and still not rest. This is the refreshing, Isaiah 11 and 28. Wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, Jesus said, and I will give you rest. You can't get rest just with a, with a, with, with, yeah. you can't get rest without him. He is the prince of peace. There's some things you get in the kingdom, you will not get anywhere else. And when he ran out of what the father gave him, friends dispersed. Now he's alone. And no man gave unto him. The world is a place of cast away, throw you away. We'll lock you up, we'll do this, no hope. That's what the world will do. It'll use you up and throw you away. But that's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God will take the used up and the thrown away and say, there's a new day. It's not over till it's over. It's not over till it's over. The kingdom of God is never hopeless. The kingdom of God is never without hope of second chances and arising to the Father. I wish somebody would arise to the Father this morning and say God's gonna bless me in spite of my past. God's gonna bless me in spite of my failure. So the prodigal leaves and and. Uh, he leaves and um, he goes, he's, he's gone. The prodigal, prodigal disappears, he, he takes a trip. I need you to leave for a minute. I want you to go where you can still hear me, but don't come to uh, call you home, Braden. I mean Colton. And uh, he's gone and I can see, I can see the father. Did the father notice that he's gone? Sherry noticed that he's gone. Where is he? The table's set. Remember when I set the table and the spot was empty? You think the father doesn't notice? You know how many times over the year people say, well, if I didn't show up, nobody would notice? That's a lie. That's deception. You know how many times people say, well, I, I would pray, but I don't think God listens to me. That's an insult to him. You were made in his image. You are the children of God. Don't ever say without, listen, don't ever say God doesn't listen to me. I I read something and uh, can can I remind you that I think you read your Bible too fast? So you can mark mark the box off that you read today. Sometimes you need to just drag your feet through it and flip every little word over. I, I sometimes crawl through the scripture. I'll stop and I'll back up. Flip that word over that phrase over. I was reading in Romans 5 and I'm uh, so moved by it. And he says in Romans 5, he said, he said, it's scarce to find somebody that would die for a righteous man. What does it mean? It's hard to find somebody that would give their life for somebody that lives right. It's even harder to find somebody that would give their life for a good man. But while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. And then the next verse says and he reconciled us unto himself. That means even though, and he says, goes on for it says, even though we were the enemies of God, the Bible says they left and became the enemies of God. Paul said, I write you even to weeping that those who were once with us are now the enemies of the cross. What are they doing? Living a life of sin speaking ill, really, in their lifestyle that the cross wasn't good enough for me and, and that's the way it appears. And Paul said, i write you weeping. On his letter there would have been teardrops on that epistle that he wrote. And, uh, and, but, but he writes in Romans, he says, he said, he said, but even though we were the enemies of God, he reconciled us unto him, made it right. There was ought between God and the individual, but he reconciled us. He made a way for us to come back and have relationship again. I think it's powerful. Once I hit that verse, I stopped. I didn't read the rest of the chapter because I said I'm gonna let that marinate in my spirit. Do you realize that people that right now that seemingly live a lifestyle against God, God is waiting on them. God is waiting on They're doing things right now. They know they are against what mom and dad taught. They know are against what God taught, what the Sunday school teacher taught, what they learned in VBS, and they're out there doing their own thing, living their own life. There's literally hundreds, even thousands in this region that are doing that right now. And they're at a place that says, I'm not worthy. There's a wake up call. There's a moment that people live in sin. Live in, I've had people tell me, I'm living in sin. I didn't feel bad about it. it. just, I was okay living that life. It was just fun, the pleasure of sin. It was fun, I, I enjoyed it. Never, never thought negative about it. Just did my own thing. I've had people to tell me that. But there's a moment. There's a moment that it all runs out, and they come to themselves and say, I, "I'm empty." They start feeling bad. Something something goes wrong. It doesn't go the way they thought it would go, and all of a sudden the 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 drink doesn't taste as good as it used to, and they can't get high enough, or they they can't get around enough. They can't where they go it's just like the Bible says they have they're, they have. Bags that have holes in them and put money in their pot. And the scripture says they eat and not get satisfied and they drink and they, they drink water, whatever, but it doesn't satisfy. What used to satisfy them bring pleasure no longer brings pleasure. And at that moment, at that moment, listen, they can't watch enough YouTube, Netflix. They can't watch, entertainment doesn't do anything for them. They're sitting in the house. They can't eat enough drink enough, socialize enough, have enough social media. They can't have, they can't, the, the bar they used to love going to and hanging out with people and meeting, them, it doesn't do anything for them either. What has happened is now it's a desert place. I feel the Lord in here. And while the, the he's away, something's going on. Come here, brother Noah. Bring that ironing board up here. Come on, brother, bring the ironing board. Bryce, would you get the sweeper? Set that up right here. Set that up right here. There. You plug it in somewhere. Somebody help me. Plug that in somewhere. There's an outlet right there. There's an outlet right there. You need to sweep this place up. It's, you has got to make it clean. you got to make it clean. Take your coat off. Hope there's no holes in your shirt. And uh, but Nehemiah, can I see your shoes? <laughs> Seth, would you bring them to me? Bring me your shoes. Amen. We're not having no holes in your socks. <laughs> Sit right there. I, I I need a I need a handkerchief. You have a handkerchief? Who's got? Hey, come here, brother Seth. You'll help me today, Boo. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a bad handkerchief. I need a better handkerchief than that. We gotta do better. The prodigal's coming home. You have? A, oh, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, all right. Hope I hope it's clean. Amen. Here, brother. Come here. Shine the shoe. Iron the robe. Hey, Bryce, get this place clean. Come on, Brother Danny, help him. Help him. Oh, my Lord, thank God. I don't know if he threw it, kicked it, or it fell over. I'm not sure what happened. I'm just gonna leave that between Brother Danny and Jesus. Amen. Uh, And plug that in and what, what the prodigal doesn't know as while well. he is wasting his life on riotous living, in and out of places he shouldn't be, promiscuity and and drunkenness and reviling and sin, something's going on at the father's house. Turn that on. Something's going on. Every day there there's 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 commotion at the father's house. There's there's. Somebody ironing the robe and they're taking the robe up and, and uh, they're taking the robe up and he's making sure. Oh, you got a wrinkle right there. No, we can't, can't have no wrinkle. This is a one day he's coming home. Somebody's shining the shoes, somebody taking care of the rig. And there would have been a pair of binoculars out the window, but every day the father looked out the window. No, that's not him what you'll find is that at the father's house, there wasn't a begrudging attitude that said, I can't believe he shamed the name of the father. I can't believe he left. No, the father set the atmosphere of the house. And that is simply this, whenever he comes home, we're not gonna treat him different than we did before he left. We're gonna make sure that we can cover his sins that the cleanliness of the house is the way it has always been. We're gonna make sure we have something to put over his feet and a signet to put on his finger. That's why you've gotta understand that every single week, this building is cleaned again. In between services, it's cleaned again. In between services, there's people praying. There's people seeking. There is something happening. What are you doing? I'm going to tell you what we're doing. We're waiting on the sun to come home. That's what we're doing. I can't go after him, but I certainly can wait on him to be here. I can't go to where he is. I'm not sure what Pig penny he is in. I'm not sure which country he's in and up at. But what I know, whenever he comes to his senses, we're gonna be ready to restore. We're gonna be ready to heal. We're gonna be ready. Somebody shout amen. amen. He realized the people that prepare the robe, sweep the floor, in the shoes. Come here, Brother Tucker. You're gonna be my farmer. Every day he's going out to the stall and he's feeding feeding the calf because there's a difference between a cow in the pasture and the cow in the stall. The fatted calf gets the corn. The meat tastes better. It's sweeter. It's the fatted calf. It's a calf because it's tender. Every day you you got your bucket of grain. That's got molasses mixed in it, doesn't it? Making it sweet, why? Because that's the party animal. That's the one that's gonna be killed. So when the son comes home, we're not just gonna say, well, we're just like he's not here. Prove to him he should have never left. That's not your job to judge somebody that leaves the church. Well, I told him if they left, this is what's gonna happen. I'm the one that went to them and gave them a word from the Lord. Could I tell you, it's not your job to judge where they've been, what they've done. It's your job to prepare the house so when they come home, they can come home. Hallelujah. So church can be a little busy. Why are you doing what you're doing? I'm telling you why, because we're waiting for a sinner to repent. Bryce, hold that just for a minute. Stop ironing for a minute. Last week I taught on the lost treasure of Pentecost. The lost treasures of Pentecost. I walked out of here though realizing if there is one lost treasure of Pentecost. Had a treasure chest here. How many remember that? The promises of God. Talked about our doctrines and things that we believe. But if there's one lost treasure of Pentecost, if we are, to, that Pentecost was the beginning. That's how the church began. That's how the church started. i talked to you about a 3,000 soul revival. My son had a vision a week ago on a Saturday night, prophesied to me a word from the Lord. It's certainly a word from the Lord about a 3,000 soul revival. I believe it. But it doesn't come easy. It's not gonna be cheap. And it's not just gonna happen because you showed up. You showed up. I don't know. If there's a one lost treasure of Pentecost, What is the lost treasure of Pentecost? I'm gonna tell you what it is. He said, I want you to go Jerusalem and I want you to tarry there until you be endued with power from on high. Some of you have a lost treasure of Pentecost and this is what you've lost. You've lost the until in your spirit. You lost until in your heart you'll pray if God doesn't move in your 10 minutes of prayer or your one day of fasting and prayer then you think God hasn't heard you but I'm going to tell you what makes Pentecost Pentecost was when they were willing to tarry until Pentecost comes. They had a prophecy. They had a promise and they were willing to... Some of you have give up and quit before Pentecost comes, but if God said Pentecost is on the way, you've got to pray until it happens. you got to believe until it, it happens. I'm going to pray until Pentecost. Come on, jump to your feet, clap your hands and shout until. I'll pray until. I'll fast until. Remain standing. I'll pray until. I'll fast until. This is not a... Fast food drive through. Fast food drive through. Get your miracle. You got marriages that are going through drive throughs now. Drive through marriages because everything wants it to be done quickly. And if God doesn't do it in one hour of prayer, if He doesn't do it in 15 minutes of prayer, He doesn't do it in in a week or a few days of fasting, He must not hear me. Oh no, if you've got a prophecy, It's gonna come with an until in your spirit. I want you to put your hand over your chest and say let me find the lost treasure of Pentecost. Let me get a tarry until. Pray until. How many of you have a prophecy from the Lord about your family? Raise your hand. Get a hold of until. Until. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, he said, I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. You can't have Pentecost without until. Did you hear me? I'm preaching to you what I feel in my spirit. This church had been on a, on a three-day fast this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I hated to cancel prayer meeting, but it was, it, was, it was the safest thing to do with what was going on. But I've got to get something in your spirit that says my children are worth fighting for. Something's got to get in you like God and David that said I'm not going to let the bear get one lamb. I'm not going to let the lion get one lamb. I'm going to fight for my family and I will pray until. Is there anybody hear what I'm saying? I'm going to fast until. I'm going to pray until. Somebody, where I say until. I'm going to clean the church until. I'm going to keep the robe Excuse me, Colton, sorry Brayden, Colton. (laughs) Take your Colton if you look too nice to be a prodigal son. When he sees him, when he sees him, only place in scripture I find that the father ran and he runs to him and embraces him because the father's not afraid to get dirty. That's why he stooped on his knees with the woman of adultery and put his finger in the dirt in the temple. Shouldn't have been any dirt in the temple. They were, you know why there's dirt in the temple? Explains why they were bringing her there to judge her. Because anytime the house of God isn't taken care of, there will be judgmental attitudes in the building. But when it's kept clean, there's expectation. You can't only have until in the church. You gotta have expectation that they're coming. You gotta have expectation that they're gonna be here. I think this church needs a good old-fashioned baptism of expectation. Every service, this could be the day. Every service, this could be the moment. Sister Ross, Sister Ross, 55 years, but there was an until. Do y'all feel? I want you to look at your neighbor and say, We're not going to stop believing. We're going to keep on praying. Come on, we're going to keep on fasting. We're going to keep on paying our tithes. We're going to keep on being involved in ministry. We're going to tarry until. Come on, pray when you don't want to, so you'll pray until you want to. That's how long you should give till it hurts, pray until you want to, and fast until you're hungry. You've got to get this in your spirit and say, I've got something I'm praying for. I believe in it. God is going to... Come here. There's a robe to cover your mess. You know what he was saying? You're home. I'm just glad you're home. I'm just glad that you're here. They put shoes on his feet. Oh, I can't preach anymore. What I'm saying to you, there's got to get an expectation in the house of God. This is our 80th anniversary next week. People are coming from different states, different counties, people that used to be members. What would happen on one Sunday if they came in here and God got a hold of their heart? Everything we've been preparing for, God would do a move. Brother Nehemiah, roll your sleeve up. Brother Cody, roll your sleeve up. Brother Zion, roll. I wish some lady in the building would pull your sleeve up. The Bible says with his own right arm, he brought salvation. Somebody's gotta get a hold of this. If it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen with cause of me. I'm gonna do something till it happens. Come on, clap your hands and shout. Clap your hands and praise him all over the building, I want you to rejoice. I'll pray until, I'll rejoice when it happens. Yeah. Lift your hands and begin to pray. In the name of Jesus, in the name of of Jesus, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Pastor, why'd you call the fast, it's such a busy season. why do you call it a work week? Why'd you call prayer? Because the atmosphere has to be right. There's more to it than clean carpet, nice seats. I realize the parking lot looks like a mess. You go out there, there's styrofoam and pieces of rubble laying everywhere. I realize that, but you can have a great revival with rubble on the plat- on the parking lot. But you can have a revival with a not, without an until, without a tearing, and without expectation of the building. I've been to clean churches that didn't have expectations of anything happening. But I've been in old, what we call home missions churches, where there wasn't that many there, but there was expectation. They had been praying, and there was a revival. I've got expectation. Come on. I believe in connection to our churches. We're gonna have crusades of 10,000 people. At the one time, there's gonna be a revival. There's gonna be a revival. I wish some mama would get out of your seat and say, I'm going to pray until. I wish a grandpa would get out of your seat just for a moment and say, I'm going to pray until. I wish there was some faithful saint that says, I'm going to pray until it happens. I'm going to fast until. Is there anybody in the building that will step out for a minute and say, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I will not quit. I will not stop. I will not faint. I will not. I'm going to pray until there's a revival here. There's a revival. Come on. Step to the left, step to the right, take a take a mental decision. I am gonna get an until in my heart. I will not let my family be lost. I will tarry until Pentecost. I will tarry. I'll tarry until Pentecost. Hallelujah. 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 I don't have to be spirit-led to pray. I'm just gonna pray. I don't have to be spirit led to fast, I'm just going to fast. I do have to be spirit led. I'm just desperate. God, I've got to see my family saved. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 500 invited, 120 stayed. Until. Lift your hand everywhere in the building and say, I've got to get an until in my spirit. It's a lost treasure of Pentecost. A tearing until. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your heart. Lift your spirit. I know today's a little different in this teaching. I'm not giving up on people. I'm not giving up. I'll pray until. I'll pray until. Hallelujah. 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 Sister Teresa, years she waited on her husband to be saved. Every morning she got up and started laying his outfit on the bed. His pants size, his church outfit, she laid it every day for years. He said, I don't know why you're doing that, I'm not going to your church. Okay. But she had something that's one of the most powerful tools in the universe. It's called faith. There's something that's hard to shake, it's expectation. It's the highest level of faith, is expectation. No faith. No faith, more faith, great faith. Expectation's the highest level. I'm expecting it to happen. Until one morning, she wakes up, he's putting on the outfit, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to church with you today and gave his life to the Lord. That's what made this church is that type of faith. (laughs) Somebody say expectation. You believe God can do anything? Lift your hands to the Lord and say, I'm going to pray until. Oh God, I'm going to pray until. I'm going to pray until. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can pray in this room. You do need to. Anybody feel that? How many feel that? Open your spirit say, well, whatever I need to do to see my family saved. You got siblings and family. But God's going to do it. God's going to do it. Hallelujah.